Welcome to the weekend edition of the Nightly Nugent, Ted. This week was so much fun. You know, we took a walk down history lane. We've talked a lot about freedom. And I want to stay on that same thing because on the weekends, we always like to uh, talk about the outdoors. And I personally, and I know our listeners would too, love to hear some stories of you hunting with the great Fred Bear. How about it? Boy, you know, Keith, I, God has blessed me. I mean, just look at Shemaine and my sons and daughters, my brothers, my sister, my my band, my son, my grandkids, the, my hunting buddies, the my my vast circle of quality friends. You and your family, uh, the heroes <laughs> of the military and law enforcement. Um, I was born in Detroit. In 1948, when it was globally known as the arsenal of democracy, is would there be a better place to start life than the arsenal of democracy? A lot of people don't even know that that was a global colloquialism. Detroit, the arsenal of democracy, because we stopped building cars, we started making howitzers and bombers. And that spirit of good over evil against the nasty, evil Japanese and the Nazis and the victory by the great American forces and our allies, and we taught the French to resist. We provided them hardware and firepower. And my dad, who fought in World War II in Korea, was representative of that greatest generation who needed to get away from the heartbreak and the atrocities of war. Nothing accomplishes that more thoroughly, more efficiently, more effectively than the mystical flight of the arrow. Now, I could keep you here for about 80 hours expanding on my life of <coughs> archery and bow hunting. But there was a man who came to Michigan from Pennsylvania in the early 1900s, and his name was Fred Bear, working for the FOMO company, making wood cabinets because he was a wood craftsman. But he was also a hunter as a provider of food and protection for the livestock in Pennsylvania. And he got so good, as many of us do, especially George Gardner at GA Precision Snipers. I'm surrounded by snipers, the world's greatest marksman. And that aim small, miss small, spirit, hand-eye, breathing, sight acquisition, coordination, ballet can be perfected. And with a an iron sight of 30-30 lever action Winchester 94, there's no reason that you should miss a deer at 200 yards once you figure out that marksmanship ballet. Well, Fred Bear was looking for more challenge, so he started making his own bows with a guy named Nels Grumley. And they started a little shop, uh, the Bear Archery Shop in Detroit, Michigan, saw the film of Saxton Pope and Art Young bow hunting around the world, having been uh, uh, taught by Ishii, the last of the Yanni Indians. And Fred Bear was smitten. And with Nels Grumley, they moved up to Northern Michigan into Grayling, Michigan in the 1930s. And my dad, as he came back from the war, he was inspired by Fred Bear. You know, just little rumors in the, in the hunting camps of Michigan. Because everybody went north, there's no deer south of Clare, Michigan, the midway point of the, upper, of the lower peninsula. Most guys would go to the upper peninsula. And Fred Bear was, was going beyond trying to hit game at long range and taking on the ultimate predator challenge of getting 
close to these animals that God created not to let you get close. Long story short, and I, I sometime will we'll expand on this, and I'm going to on my Real America Voice Spirit Campfire. Join me every week on my Real America Voice Spirit Campfire because, Keith, you've inspired me that people would love to hear this story. Well, I started going north with my dad every October with my own little bow and arrow. And probably, I, was, I was on my dad's back in 1949 at the age of 10 months, and I've never missed a season. And by the time I was five or six, we'd stop in Grayling at a little shack, a little um, kind of a yellow-green cinder block shack with a wood plaque that bear archery. I had no idea. I was a baby. But I loved my bow and arrow already. And so I'd go in this shop, and there were a lot of bows and arrows. And Fred was experimenting with the laminating process of glass and wood to get that beautiful artistic recurve that would cast an arrow more efficiently. He was a woodscrafting genius and an engineering genius. Well, long, longer story shorter, by the time I was seven or eight, I started to realize, wait a minute, this is Fred Bear. He's on the cover of True Magazine with a grizzly bear and a bow and arrow, and I'm still trying to get my, my, my record slam of river rats with my handmade recurve uh, longbows before recurves. So Fred was a kind, gentle, funny, gregarious, really a good, good man. And we would go to the Grayling restaurant by the time I was seven or eight and have cherry pie and chocolate milk. And uh, now I'm starting to realize this is Fred Bear. This is like the Chuck Berry of the bow hunting world because I was already after my guitar gung-ho and I was after my bow and arrow gung-ho. We became friends. And when I had to go with my family to Illinois in 1965, my dad was transferred. We hunted. We stopped and visited Fred Bear almost every year in Grayling on our way north. I couldn't wait. And I was addicted to the mystical flight of the arrow. I just, I never, I was either playing my guitar, chasing girls, building forts, or shooting my bone arrow. Kind of like this morning. <laughs> Except the girl's only one girl now. And, and when I came back to Michigan in 67, after graduating from high school, Fred welcomed me back into his life and began inviting me to his private bow hunting camp, the Grouse Haven in Rose City, Michigan. And I'd sit around the campfire and just sponge as much wisdom and goodwill and knowledge from Fred Bear and Bob Munger and Dick Mock and, and uh, Fred's inner circle and all his archery bow hunting buddies and, and Doug Walker of the Western Bow Hunter. We, we, it was just a gathering. Bob Blevins, the sheriff of Lake County, and uh, Claude Pollington of, uh, that ended up buying Oneida bows. It was, it was the inner circle of the bow hunting gods. And I was communicating with Ben Pearson and Howard hill at the same time because i was addicted to this and i'd get a little catalog and i'd try ben pearson's uh what his name of his broadhead um and 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 howard hill's long hill howard hill broadhead and fred bear's razor head and the zwicky and the ma2 and the ma3 and the bodkin <laughs> this is the original days this was just this side of cochise and so that really educated me about the critical importance of stealth, predator awareness, pursuing omniscience, and non-identifiable, non-intrusion on a stalk or a slow move through the woods as one with the spirit of the wild. And then, of course, in 1987, 
it turned out to be Fred's last hunt. And we walked down the trails at Grouse Haven. He thanked me for promoting archery and promoting clean and sober living. And he encouraged me to continue doing what I was doing. And then that next April, he died. And that famous song represented my heartbreak and my love for a great man that is the same heartbreak and love that we all feel for all of our Fred Bears. And I know when you think about your dad, the Fred Bear song is the only song that really fulfills that sonically. And what the Fred Bear song has done has connected with people. It's been played at more funerals, more graduations, more bar mitzvahs, more retirement parties, more opening days. I don't think there's a pickup truck in Michigan that doesn't have a Fred Bear tape in it. And the communication I get, a Navy SEAL, Chris uh, uh, Campbell, his will indicated he wanted me to perform the Fred Bear song at his memorial. And to take a, a very ugly turn in an otherwise beautiful story, I dropped everything I was doing to play the Fred Bear song after Chris Campbell died trying to rescue Marcus Luttrell upon Marcus Luttrell's indicating to me that that was his last wish. And when I was gathering up my gear and getting on a plane to go play the Fred Bear song at the Chris Campbell Memorial, Marcus Luttrell called and said that the commander-in-chief, Barack Obama, told me I wasn't allowed to, um, which shined the light on the best of the best, that is, those of us who value that freedom is not free, paying tribute to the last request of a dead Navy SEAL and a commander-in-chief that just doesn't care. Which is why I'm like I am, because if a Navy SEAL has requested my song, Fred Bear, at his memorial, I am humbled beyond words. And if my president tells me I can't do it, I can't dislike that man any more than I do. Because he has literally spit on the grave of the heroes of the military and defies their last request in life. A simple performance by a guitar player of a beloved song that identifies everything you need to know about Barack Obama and it identifies everything you need to know about the spirit blood brother connection in the great outdoors lifestyle. Wow. Ted, what a great week we had. Uh, thanks for all your knowledge. Thanks for your passion. Thanks for your uh never-ending battle cry of freedom. And if everyone will come back again next week, we'll have some more of the nightly nuge right here. Take care. May the spirit of the wild be forever at your side. <laughs>